Salah keeps Liverpool ahead of the pack. It's the 118th episode of the FPL Surgery. Welcome back listeners, coming to you once again on the 22nd of January, heading into a stacked game week ahead. It's not a double game week, but it certainly feels like it with the fixture pile-up, which is just around the corner. First of all, welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you very much, Billy, and welcome back to yourself too. Thank you very much. So we've got a, a great guest who's been on many a time before. YouTube sensation, multiple finishes in the top 30k the man that loves Wilf Zaha, it is J&O. Hi guys, thanks for having me back on. It's been a year. Yeah, it's been a I've year been since we last like, I literally looked at the call history and I was like, wow, it's been a year. Yeah, so yeah, good to be back. I've missed it. Yeah, welcome back. I think, it, I think it's because of, um, was it not the fallout from the quiz last time? You you dared to question <laughs> the Iceman on his... No, I came back once after that, once I think after once that, or twice, it? yeah. Yeah, it left a very sour, sour taste in the mouth. Bitter, the it's bitter. Yeah, very, very bitter. But you're uh, we talked a bit um, off, off pod just a minute ago. Do you want to tell the listeners kind of what you've been up to since we last spoke and how the YouTube channel's doing? Yeah, okay, so I've continued with the YouTube channel and it's uh, going quite well. Uh, just recently hit the uh, 10k milestone uh, for subscribers, so nice. pretty happy with that. Uh, doing quite well. Also started up a second channel with some other YouTubers called the FPL Wildcats, where we do our own streams, uh, similar to this kind of pod style, but we answer a lot of live questions. So that's been going well as well. Excellent. So yeah, plenty of plenty of good stuff. If you're a YouTube watcher and follower, get onto JNO's channel. Loads of good stuff on there. And we're plucking the best of it for this part. Um, so yeah, no giving us the, the crap stuff, JNO. Let's uh, let's have the best. <laughs> None of it's crap. God. <laughs> Consider this an advertisement. So um this isn't a, an FPL headlines pod this week. Obviously, where we've got those two sets of fixtures bunched up, we're just going to cover the big issues of how to get yourself through those two game weeks. The headlines we're going to be covering, with Delhi Alley now also a concern, a Spurs worth ignoring despite their good fixtures. Nightmare for them at the moment. Number two, are you feeling sorry about Chelsea's potential? Three, Liverpool don't blank, so where do we double or triple? And is it two attack, one defence, or one attack and two defence? Um, or even a goalkeeper. So let's uh, we'll talk through that. Uh, this is an absolute beauty. Do you go down the Jota option, or is he Molyneux want to spend? And I'm going to credit the Iceman with that. Uh, a small apology last week. I didn't think the Iceman had it in him to come up with such whimsical That's my headlines. mission every week now. He's, he's, he's plucked one out of the bag. Nicely done, Iceman. And the, at number five, we built this city on Aguero. So we'll be answering those as we go along. First of all, let's see how we got on in our game week. So Iceman, how did you fare? I fared uh, pretty well, to be fair. <laughs> I'm happy with considering my decisions were all correct this week and moving forward. I made the moves of Kane and Anderson out for Pogba and Aubameyang, where Pogba got me that eight points, and I expect points from them each week in the future game weeks from both of those two now. I finished on 74 points. I'm trying to look at the average of the top 10k now, and that was uh, 68.5 points. So I hit 74, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm up to 5,232 overall, so yeah, not too bad. Nice, yeah, nice turnaround from you again, Iceman, lovely stuff, flying the flag for the pod. So uh, my my team, uh, we jumped up a fair few places this week, I ended up with 70 points, but I took a, a minus four to get it, so 66. Yeah, for the first time in as long as I can remember, I made a double transfer this week, and both scored enough to really well justify doing it, so I brought in... Rashford for Kane um, I was split on those two and, and Aguero uh, sorry between Rashford and Aguero went to Rashford and I'm glad I did uh, and I brought in Sane as well for Man City who came in with that really decent return of 12 Captain Salah as well just the form that he's in at the moment very happy and I've also um, the, the last few game weeks I've hung my hat on Kalasinac and the reason being every time I watch him play 
he feels like he's like attacking left midfield. So, yeah, like good. Alonso, I feel I can rely on him for some return each game. But yet, the Sane one I'm even more pleased with because he was the one that was taken off at 70 minutes. Sterling played the 90, I believe. So, part of me thinks he's going to be good for the, the games that we've got coming up, although obviously they have got that little break over the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. So, JNO, how did you get on? Okay, so um, I actually made three moves, so I took a minus four as well. I got 81 points, which was uh, 77. Uh, I had the conundrum of having Son in my side because I kept him for the Man United fixture. So I downgraded him so I could change Alonso to Robertson and change uh, Rashford in for Danny Ings. And I'm quite happy with both moves. Again, uh, just like you, Bully, I think I managed to improve my score despite taking a hit. So I have now got to 13,620th, so decent rank. Uh, Good position to attack the uh, end of this season with. So I'm quite happy. I captain Salah as well. I think if you captain Salah and you had any other players doing decent, you probably had a good game week. Uh, And I also have Sane as well, who was my second best performer. I've enjoyed having Sane since I think about mid-December, so I've been quite happy with that move to Sane. Yeah, he's probably been the best option out of him and, and Sterling. This, everyone seems to be having the same teams now. I, I spoke to a guy always cheating just on Twitter. I just saw his team up, and me and him have got exactly the same team, other than two players. Like it's not not intentional. And I was just looking at your team now, Jeno. I've got Rashford, Jimenez, Aubameyang, Sane, Salah, and Pogba, and all of your backline as well. So it just seems to be very. It's all becoming very template now. Yeah. So. I'm sure it'll be broken up gonna, soon, though. I think it's going to change once we start getting the blanks and doubles. I mm. think that's when the template will go. But yeah, right now, I think a lot of people have the same players. Yeah. Interesting. Right. So let's see uh, Let's see what those players are going to be uh, in the main headlines from the podcast. But uh, no new patrons to shout this week. But just if you'd like to get involved in our Slack channel, support the podcast. Uh, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Um, you, any donation, big or small, is greatly appreciated. And there's lots of opportunities to win prizes and get involved, like I said, with our Slack channel on there. Um, so let's get into this first question, chat. Back to the FPL headlines. So with Delhi Ali now also a concern for Spurs, um, are they worth ignoring despite this good run of fixtures? Uh, news of Andy Carroll potentially on their radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, which doesn't make me want to go to them anymore. <laughs> um, Jay and I, I, mean, I, I was watching the game. I saw when Ali got injured as an Arsenal fan. I thought, that's great. And then uh, another Harry pops up at the end and gets the goal. Um, what are your feelings towards Spurs at the moment? Have you got any of their players? Uh, I mean, since I transferred out Son, no. I've, I've abandoned ship. I was considering moving to Delhi Ali from uh, Hyung Min Son. So part of me is happy that I got lucky in that sense of not bringing him in because then I'd have had a bit of a headache. Right now, the only player really that I'd have any faith in going with, at least from an attacking perspective, is Christian Eriksen, because he yeah. has been very consistent. Agreed. I think potentially they've got enough around Eriksen where with the fixtures they've got, they could potentially still get the wins and get some points. But I'm not sure in my current situation I'm at any rush to bring in a Spurs player and I'd just be really interested to know if other people were looking at this Spurs side right now and thinking I need to jump on because while the fixtures are really good I just I don't know how they're going to perform in this situation and until I see some more from them which fortunately with the current fixture list the way it is I get to see some stuff before game week 24 I'm not eager to bring any in just yet. No, they, like you say, you've got the, some decent fixtures, but it's just looking at that. They've got their three main men in Son, Kane, and Ali now out. Ali's out for six weeks now, it's been reported. And I did see some stats from Opta Joe saying Harry Kane and Son being out of the team. The last time they actually won with both of them out the team is March 2014. That shocked me, that stat. And I was just <laughs> thinking, wow. wow. Like with Ali out as, as well, who have they got to score? And I suppose they've got to turn to Lucas Moura. Postino revealed that he could be handed Kane's role against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. So, but whether or not he can do it, you know, another stat I saw up to Joe is Kane has scored 36% of Tottenham's 333 goals whilst under Postino. So, 
Yeah, he is a big miss. And I, I was looking at the, the more option thinking, I was looking at the, um, Richardson. I've still got him and I'm just thinking he's got some bad fixtures coming up as well. Also not in form. Maybe Mora could be an option for me with these good fixtures that Spurs got, but. I think you've got to give them time. You've got to see what happens now. And diving in, I suppose, if if you just go for one of these players, you could get lucky on one of them. But, you know, none of them really have form. Even Ericsson, he may be consistent, but you know, he's not been scoring great recently. Last game he scored well was the Bournemouth game where he got 13. And he's only got the two double-digit hauls on the season. So there's not really any reliability there for, for that price. I wouldn't really want to go there. And I suppose your only options are Lamella and Mora, but like I say, they've got to just hit the ground running and Lamella didn't play well in the last game as well. So yeah, for me, I think it's the same ignoring despite the good fixtures for now. It's, um, it's interesting because Ali's gone till March, isn't he? So similar mm. to Kane, it's a long time to be about those two talisman. But the one other player I've just, I mean, I'm, I am interested in from Spurs, who I think will fly under the ra- radar somewhat. And with the, Demise of Alonso, although to be fair, he did hit the uh, the beans over the weekend. Um, is, is Trippier? And the re- I know he's six million, but the reason I say this is I think there's clean sheets for Spurs, even if they don't have as much going forward, especially in those home fixtures they've got. The, the other thing as well, if Spurs end up playing Llorente up front, or indeed getting an Andy Carroll in, um, he's one of the best deliverers of the ball in the Premier League, and if he's got those two to aim at, potentially there's some assist in for him there. So he's one I'm considering exchanging for Alonso eventually. Well, that's, that's not a bad shout. A bit punty, but yeah, for, for to maybe catch up with those fixtures, you, you could probably see some clean sheets there. Yeah, he's he's not obviously one that I think if you're head of a mini league or if you're higher up, maybe not so much. But I think he's the sort of differential person I'd look at and feel reasonably confident that I could get an assist or a, or a cleaning off him. What, what do you think about that, JNA? Well, I, I definitely like the delivery that Trippier offers to that side, yeah. and they're likely to play free at the back. I think with the current situation as it is, which means Trippier is allowed that license to go forward and whip the ball in. I just, Lorente looks bad in the game and has never really filled okay. me with any faith when he, <laughs> wrong wrong end of the pitch, but uh, yeah, he, he, at least we know he can hit the back of the net. But um, if they sign Danny Carroll, maybe. I've heard some random rumours about them interested in Arnautovic if the uh, move to China doesn't go through, but see, I can't that see. That so much more sense to me for them to, to sign him. That, that would... For all but, parties, that would seem a good move. Yeah, but Spurs don't seem like they decide to spend the money I think West Ham want for Arnautovic. So, I mean, it could all change, but right now, I, I kind of am happy with my Robertson right now, and I've got the likes of Digne, so I probably won't be making moves in that area in my defence, yeah. but Trippier I can definitely see as a decent shout. Okay, yeah, so let's watch this space on Tottenham. A few names for you to consider there. Let's move on to our, our next headline then. So are you feeling sorry about Chelsea's potential? Reese Bennett, um, that's uh, Respect26 on Twitter. The hazard conundrum. I've had him all season and starting to lose patience. But if they sign Higuain, I think that's a good thing. Plus, there is the potential double game week in 25. Interesting one. Jay and I, I mean, have you, are you someone that's backed Hazard this season? Where, where do you stand on this? Is he going to be better with Higuain in front of him? Well, I've had Hazard earlier on in the season and then kind of got off of him at a point because I was just like, I'm not sure I like the balance of my side. And he, of course, was one of the expensive players and I kept faith with Salah. I think Hazard will always be one of the important players at Chelsea, but right now the current situation at the club, I'm not. I've not got a lot of faith in the side right now. I think I think loads of pundits have already said this, but I agree with them. Playing two of your best players out of position, I just don't like it. Of course, yeah. with Higuain coming in, then Hazard should be put back onto the left, which I think benefits his game. Uh, Higuain definitely has some great stats from his past previous seasons, and it could be the perfect partnership, but we don't know if it will be the perfect partnership. They may just not play well together. So right now, if I was on Hazard, I suppose because of the quality of player he is, I I might keep faith a little longer just to see what happens. But I I jumped off and I'm quite happy that I did. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I jumped off Hazard for Salah in the last few weeks. I'm so glad I did in the end. Um, I, I, you know, we're going to have to go through the names. Richarlison, Hazard, Zaha. You know, these players who are absolute dynamite on the left-hand side and because of their returns get played up front and they just don't suit that position. If we don't want Eden Hazard with his back to goal, you want him coming in off the left, coming onto the ball, running at defenders. And if they get Higuain, I think, I think we'll see his stats increase. We saw it with uh, with Sanchez a couple of seasons ago at Arsenal, prolific on the left. 
put up front and it just wasn't the same. You got the odd return. So if they get Higuain, I think that would play really well to Hazard's strength. And the thing about Higuain, uh, you know, Sari brought the absolute best out of him at Napoli, brought him over from Real Madrid, broke the uh, Serie A goal-scoring record. So that could be a really nice combination. I think Higuain's got the physical attributes to do well in the Premier League as well, uh, having seen him play against clubs in the Champions League. So I think that could really favour Hazard and make him more of an option if that goes through. Nice man. Yeah, it could do. It's all ifs and buts with Higuain though, isn't it? And we just don't know. There's just, there's potential there, but yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, Hazard's, he is one of the best players. I mean, when, when he is playing for Belgium, he continuously scores points. He's in my World Cup fantasy football team. It's just that Chelsea team. As a team, they just don't look that good. They were playing against Arsenal, watched the whole game, and they were actually quite dominant in possession in the second half. They, they just had nothing in terms of creativity, or when they got in the final third, it was Alonso going up front, and he was their main focal point to hit, and it was like there was nothing else, and yeah. Hazard not really involved. He's only got the one attack in return in the last four game weeks, not really in form. But these fixtures, he loves playing at Bournemouth. He, he knows that he loves scoring there. So that is a potential to, to actually catch him in. And then they've got Huddersfield at home. For these next two, you've got to keep if you've got him. Yeah. I don't think they're the ones to bring in. Obviously, when they play Spurs in the Carabao Cup, we'll know whether or not they're going to blank in game week 37 or not. They could potentially beat Spurs here. There's still a lot to to happen, and whether or not uh, they will get that double game week in game week 35, they're worth hanging on to, the Chelsea players, because all of a sudden we may need all these Chelsea players just to fill that double game week spot. But you know, with Sarri coming out with saying that the group of players are, are not easy to motivate, they never know how to battle and haven't got fighting qualities, etc. It is a bit worrying for any Chelsea player. So not bring yeah. in at the moment, wait for news, uh, see how it goes. But I would definitely not get rid. Yeah, it's, um, I think you know one of the, the answers staring in the face is putting the best holding midfielder in the world in his right position. That will you know really galvanise the whole team. But then obviously you lose the best of Jorginho, who arguably might even play better in Kante's position. So yeah, um, yeah lots of things to change to think about there. Okay, let's move on to our third topic: um, Liverpool don't blank. So where do we go? For doubles, for triples, is it two attack, one defence, one attack or two defence? What's more optimal? Well, let, let's include the goalkeeper uh, equation with Alisson in that as well. So, Jay and No, what are your views on the Liverpool situation? Well, I've gone for a while without a Liverpool defender, which I think is against what most people did over the last couple of game weeks, or at least for a long time in this season. So, I've now got Robertson and Salah, and with them not blanking, I think there's that security um, of if you bring them in now, then you're already preparing your sides for the blank game weeks. So, you have less moves to make when we do start to learn more. I am really torn, which is part of the reason why I put this in there, is because Liverpool have a great defence, and there are two options there to go with Robertson that are pretty secure in Van Dijk and Alisson. But then there's also Trent, who has that attacking potential as well, um, and is cheap. And, of course, Van Dijk is going to be another premium defender in your side if you're not going to replace someone else that's a premium defender for him. Whereas you've got Firmino right now, who's cheaper than a lot of the premium price strikers that don't seem to be performing as well as him. So I'm in a pickle of which way to go. And I suppose it does depend on what players I want from the other teams that are going to have blanks or not going to blank. Sorry. So right now, I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's more for me. I'm going to react to what I see in the blank game weeks before I really commit. But I think Liverpool defensively are pretty secure, apart from, of course, the game that's just happened against Crystal Palace. <laughs> yeah, it's typical. Three I think I think I broke their defence. I brought in a Liverpool defender, and they concede three. <laughs> and so but you I'm, still I get apologise to everyone. Yeah, I still got points because yeah. I picked the one that got an assist. But <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm, I apologise to everyone that had a Liverpool defender for so long. They were doing so well, and then I've ruined it for everyone. <laughs> yeah, see, I looked at this um, headline which you raised, and I just thought, well, I'll try and look into it on the stats and. Uh, I looked at the leading points of each team and Liverpool are ahead for points scored per team this season, uh, leading with 1,347 points to City's 1,275. And then the order just goes in terms of league position, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United. So league position positions really do 
reflect like the top six points and Liverpool are very much on top at the moment. So looking at that triple up is the way forward. Like you said, they're not blanking. Just FYI listeners for game week 27 and game week 31 are the potential blank game week. So Liverpool will be playing both of them. So I looked at other stats regarding this. I looked at the points per position. The goalkeeper, he's got 108 points. The defence has got 478 points. Midfield's on 615 and the forward's on 146. So I looked at plusing the two together in terms of the defence and the goalkeeper and you get 586. So it's not that far away from the, the mids, which are on 615. And I was trying to work out the best route for it. Like they've got 13 clean sheets over the 23 game weeks so far. So if they continue that form on average, they should get another seven clean sheets or so. Um, I mean, that's just very speculative depending on what can happen and, you know, what happens in games in terms of red cards, etc. But, you know, that's equal to 20 clean sheets on the season. That would be another 42 points per defender or keeper, excluding any yellow card goals, bonuses or assists that they may get plus the remaining 14 points per two point appearance if you've lost me I'm sorry but um, I've had to look at this so and that's that's the beauty of the podcast isn't it you can kind of wind it back and re-listen <laughs> to this which I be honest I will be doing yeah I, I will be re-listening to this so so looking at that you should be hitting 56 points minimum per player defender so I was looking at this trying to prove a point that probably the defenders are the best route to go for but I actually concluded that for the midfielders you only need four goals to match this and the strikers only need five goals to to match this tally so I actually concluded that uh, (laughs) my conclusion was about it's all about timing really when you actually have these players like for example towards the end of the season there might not be as many clean sheets I was trying to look for an option to say this is definitive proof that defenders are where to go for but it could be any of them Mane and Firmino seems to be in a bit of hot streak form at the moment so he seems to be scoring they didn't keep a clean sheet in the last game so maybe they're not going to keep as many but Robertson's keeps going for those assists you never know when you're going to get a Van Dyke goal so yeah, it's just, this is where the luck comes into the game. And we can, we can look at all these stats and look at how they're playing, etc. But it just depends where, where you go with it. And I do think the triple up is, is an option, but where to go? Uh, it's I'm, totally up to you. I smell that is a stunning piece of statistical work from you. There's a lot of praise for that. I, I'm going to offer the, because I've, I've watched each of Liverpool's last three or four games for the 90 minutes. So pure, I'm going to give you the, the eye test. I'm going to keep this very simple and say, I think Salah at the moment, if there's a must-have an FPL, it's him with his returns. I think Robertson, although close to points of Virgil, just loves a bonus and absolutely loves uh, an attacking uh, return as well. As a third player, I think you can toss a coin on Firmino and uh, Mane at the moment. I have to say, Mane always looks a threat in games. He's just frustrating with the, the sort of proportion of, uh, of finished chances to what he actually gets. But with the likes of Ali being out in midfield, um, Hazard not being an absolute banker, no one really from Arsenal at the moment in midfield. You know, if you're frustrated with the City situation, I think you really could double up on Salah and uh, Amane and and that would be reasonable. Yeah, he got the most chances in the last game as well. He's so he's always at the spearhead of everything. He runs beyond Firmino. He's he's always going to get those chances. So yeah, I, I think he's you know if you want to focus your money and attack on the likes of Aguero or Bamiyang, Lacazette, etc., then. Um, you could double up on the Liverpool midfield, definitely. Uh, for me, I prefer Firmino because I I feel like it's Pierre Emerick Mane uh, at Liverpool just by the <laughs> amount of chances that he doesn't put away. So I just there's something about Mane I just don't get on with, and there's certain players where I just look at them and think, yes, you get into the right positions, but in front of goal, are you clinical enough? And I I don't always feel that way about Mane. Whereas I look at Salah in games, I look at Firmino in games. And there's other players in the league I look at and go, yes, in front of goal, you don't always have to have six, seven, eight chances. You might score when you've only had one or two. So my gut, as far as attacking-wise, if I was going to double up, would be Salah and Firmino. 
The thing is, Firmino's goal was deflected, and he only got the two shots in the last game. Mane got the five. You know, Salah. Ma- Mane's the, the fifth highest. So Mane's only twelve points behind Sane, um, and twenty more removed from Sterling. So he's not in that in the top three, but he's certainly the best of the rest. But I appreciate the, the frustration with his finishing. Yeah, and Mino, uh, Firmino tends to play in midfield as well. That's my that worry about mine, that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want a player that's playing out of position the wrong way. But then way. Kane did that as well at certain points, dropping deep. Yeah, he and did. He's but he's really on penalties as well, isn't he? So true. Yeah. Should but we look? look on, to, just look at just. I, I just had a quick look at the stats compared over the last four between Firmino and Mane, and <laughs> Firmino actually kicks his kicks his ass with nine key stats over one at the moment. So Firmino's actually winning. I, I didn't know that. Key stats. So <laughs> there we go. Maybe it's not bad, shout. But he has got the he got that hat trick, didn't he? He's he's got the eleven attempts to to Mane's ten, so pretty close. He's just got the five goals to Mane's two at the moment. Yeah. There we go. The data has trumped my uh, telly subscription again. So there we go. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Billy. I, I would go Mane out of the two. Oh, way to alienate the guests. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> we always do that to you, don't we? <laughs> Right, chaps, let's soldier on to our, our next one. Uh, Iceman Beauty from you. Do you go down the Jota option or is he more than you want to spend? Uh, John uh, Chappell was asked, thoughts on Jota, bandwagon or the real deal? An entry abroad on the Slack channel. Is Jota an option or just a, a knee-jerk after he bagged a hat-trick? He's got five goals and two assists two assist in his last five games. Could he be a differential for Wolves instead of Jimenez? He was Wolves' top scorer last season. That's it. Um, <laughs> so, Jano, Yotta, um, are you knee-jerking to him? Is he the real deal? Or is it a little bit sort of premature and it's all going to go quiet? Well, look, I, I think a lot of us at the beginning of the season all were like, Diego Jota looks uh, like a really good option. And I think everyone at some point at least had him in their draft sides. I did go with him for the start of the season. It was a bit infuriating because we expected so much. The way I see it is very impressive performance in game week 23. But I was like, is it a knee jerk? So I looked back to before he stopped playing and that was game week 15 to game week 17. Yeah. And there he got two goals uh, from four attempts on goal, four from inside the box free on target created two big chances which also got him one assist he got two assists so, huh? he got two assists did he uh, I could have read it wrong off the I, side. I, I found <laughs> I found the exact same, same data same range and, yeah and I was like he's got two assists I've got it written down here hold on <laughs> Yeah, let's have a look. Well, so, I'll keep talking while you check that out <laughs> yeah 16 but, um, and 17 he got an assist oh, okay cool then I've clearly just written my notes down wrong. But, uh, yeah, he, he had a good performance in t- uh, that game week range as well. So he is a player that can clearly do this more than once for a couple of game weeks. And a lot of it came to balance because, and I know there's been quite a lot of talk on Twitter about it. If you have Jimenez, should you bring in Jota? And then people are like, well, if you have Jimenez, that isn't going to affect how many points Jota gets. But I've had a period where I had three Wolves players and it kind of didn't go that well for part of the season. So I'm not sure I want three Wolves players again. So while they offer value, I'm not sure I can really bring in three Wolves players. But Jota, I'd say if you don't have Jimenez, it's a perfectly good way into that side. Um, and it's still completely possible if I find out that Wolves are one of the teams that are going to benefit from the blanks and double game weeks. Jota could come in and I could triple up. But I don't like tripling up on sides that aren't Liverpool, Man City, the big sides. So for me, I wouldn't say it's knee-jerk because I think there is data there to suggest that he could do it. But I still think there's a bit of a feeling of a punt there as well. It's the fixtures which really is appealing. I mean, I've had three Wolves players for a while now. I've just been rotating between Patricio uh, and a second keeper and Doherty has been on the bench occasionally. And I've had Jimenez up front. He's been very consistent. But yeah, I think you're right with that. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to triple up, uh, double up in the attack. So you kind of want to start them at that price range that it's not easy to bench them but the reason why people were getting on Jota at the start of the season he got the 17 goals in the championship last season so like I say he has got the pedigree he's kind of started his campaign now bearing in mind he, he did miss out through injury like you said through game weeks 18 and 21 um, but he is playing further forward than uh, Jimenez at times the same thing in game weeks 15 to 17, if my stats are correct, two goals, two assists. It's like he was just hitting form and he's just started in a way. And I thought I'd take a look at the stats over the last four that he's played in. 
excluding the City game because they never really stood a chance there because Bolly got the red card. And to be honest, they, they're not really convincing these stats. They're not bad, but they're not great. Over the last four, he got the four attempts in the Leicester game where the Leicester defence was awful, one attempt in the Bournemouth game, two attempts in the Newcastle game, and one attempt in the Chelsea game. So eight attempts in the last four isn't bad, but yeah, not great. All in the box, though. I mean, I looked at the other players who have got eight attempts or more in and around that price range, and Richarlson, I mean, I know he's 6.8, but he's got the 11 attempts over the last four. McNeil for Burnley, 4.4 with the 11 attempts. Delafoe, 5.5, 10 attempts. And Damari Gray with nine. So I thought I've got to look a little bit more in depth on this. And uh, I checked against the previous four game weeks for Jota, and it was only four attempts, the same as the previous uh, four game weeks before that as well. So it obviously seems to be lately he's improved on his on his shot. So I thought, well, maybe chances created might be different, but only three chances created over the last four, excluding the City game. And that's the same as the previous four and the previous four before that. So... I suppose it's most will have Jimenez at the moment and I don't think the double up is worth it in attack because they've only got 27 goals this season and that's lower than four teams that are below them uh, and only two more than Brighton and Southampton. So I suppose if you've got the transfers, maybe you could do Jimenez out and Jota in if you find a better option up top. But you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. Jimenez has been so consistent. And Stato mentioned to me about the XG. He's got a small cock, Stato. Uh, they are both basically the same for XG 90 and XA 90. Uh, however, Jota is going to get the one extra point for the goal and the one extra point for the clean sheet. And Jota is 0.6 million cheaper. But yeah, like I say, Jimenez has been more consistent for me. He does seem to be nailed Jota, but yeah, as a Jimenez owner myself, I'm not going to do it quite yet. Just to add as well, we're both right, kind of, because the second assist is a fantasy assist. Oh, okay. Oh, you've, got, <laughs> you've got me out on the technicality, have you? Well, no, I just thought I'd have a look and I've realised what my mistake was. I looked at... Um, just distribution statistics and of course that doesn't okay, count yeah, fair. the fantasy assist yeah, yeah nice nice discussion on Jota there lads I'm just going to interject with some uh, incoming transfer news so uh, this is only relevant if Iceman gets the podcast out reasonably quickly <laughs> yeah. uh, but Milan have agreed a £31 million deal for Girona striker Piatek um, which you would think would unlock the deal for Higuain to go to Chelsea, Morata to go to Atletico Madrid and whatever else that does in Europe. But that that would bring the Higuain deal a little bit closer now. Mm, interesting. Yes. Right, let's get on to our next headline, chaps, um, which is we built this city on Aguero. So we've got some questions about city. Um, King Kev from the Slack channel, how would uh, how would you manage the city assets with the BGW coming up, um, Mike Jetski actually has mentioned about Mendy coming back. Uh, FPL Goats has asked Sane or Sterling. And FPL Mediocrity has put Scholl. Now that Alonso has hit the post for the 123rd time this season, <laughs> is it too early to be looking at Mendy? So there's three themes there, chaps. Blank game week for City. Um, do we need to start looking at Mendy and Sane or Sterling? J&O. Well, first of all, I think the, the blank game week has been something we've all been expecting ever since they went and beat Burton Albion 9-0. So, They're still going to get through that tie, haven't they? It's good to yeah. <laughs> I've said that so many times. I've been like, it's not confirmed, but we might as well act like it is. <laughs> um, the thing is, there's rumours that there could be a double game week 25, which I think would delay you taking out any City assets. Um of course, we'd realise that before the blank game week, and I don't think anyone really has tripled up on City, because I think a lot of people moved off of City midfielders around the Christmas period when they just... Well, I think a lot of people went Sterling, and Sterling didn't necessarily pay off in a certain period. So I don't think anyone's in a situation where they have so many City assets that that blank game week is really going to affect them. And unless you're planning on playing a bench boost, which I don't think many people are in that week, I can't really see you not being able to just bench a Man City option for that period. Because despite their fixtures, Man City are still one of the best teams in the league, can still get results no matter where they go. So for me, as far as managing my City assets, as I've only got one, 
I'm pretty confident I'll just be putting him on the bench. Um, if you have too many for your team and you want to have some bench options, then maybe you have to start planning for that. But I'll definitely be waiting to see if there is uh, a double game week in game week 25. As for Mendy, I'm a bit worried about Mendy purely because then that affects Sane. There's lots of data out there about the two of them. I personally am hoping that they both play because uh, I don't think Mendy and Sane playing together really affects Sane too much. I think it more affects how Mendy plays in the side. And as for Sane and Sterling, I went Sane initially because value for money. I was initially planning on doubling up on Man City midfield, but then the Man City midfield kind of stopped scoring as many points as people were expecting them to when they had a period of fixtures where they didn't get the results they wanted. But I went Sane just because of value, because at the time they looked relatively similar as far as their output. And I just had a feeling Sane could match Sterling season long for much cheaper. So for me, it's always been Sane. Um, but of course, with Mendy coming in, that could change. I'm just really hoping it doesn't. Yeah, I I totally agree with everything you say. I'm not going to repeat everything, but yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, I also uh, put out a tweet, FPL underscore COL, so FPL Cole, analysed what Sane was like with Mendy and uh, how many games he's played, etc. I gave that a retweet, so just have a look on our Twitter for that, at FPL Surgery. So that's quite interesting there to see that Sane doesn't, doesn't really affect his points when he is playing it but like you say it's whether or not he is going to play or not in Pep's position I just don't think that he can kind of bench him at the moment he seems to be the one that they turn to he's scoring goals assisting all the time so a great stat not to start has put uh, since the start of last season Sane has both scored and assisted in eight Premier League games for Man City at least three times more than any other player at the club so showing that he is the one where the goals are going through and Sterling he, he registered his first double-digit haul since game week 13, but Sane, looking at the heat maps, he looks like he's the one playing further forward, and including Aguero. I'm, I'm glad I chose him. I Like you say, I'm going to do the same thing with the managing him. I feel like I'm just going to bench him. They do have Arsenal and Chelsea at home after this game against Newcastle. But still, I reckon City could score a few goals against each of those defences. With Mendy, I think you need to wait. Just got to wait for him to get back into the swing of things as well and see how it goes. You never know. He could recur a different injury due to his current injury. A bit like the, the Bellerin thing which happened. So, yeah, wait for Mendy. And here's a potential to bring in the Man City options. I, I wouldn't necessarily do it because of this blank coming up, but... Is a potential because you can see them scoring big in nearly any game. And if you're able to bench them, then yeah, go for it. Okay, nice chaps. Uh, let's move on to some more general questions then. So we've got one on Richarlison then. So FPL Classico, love that name. Keep Rick Charles question mark. Jano, <laughs> you are a fan of, uh, of the great man up front for Everton or do you think he was better out left and needs to be ditched now? Jano had to ask me, who's Rick Charles? And I was like, oh, you, you're not listening to the yeah, podcast, Jano. Not recently, sorry. I've been very, very busy. Um, and yeah, I like how you in the notes you put Richarlison in big letters in the sent version that you sent in, in after schedule, I asked that yeah, question. Just, just, <laughs> like, just, just, just in case I'm sitting here thinking, who the hell is this guy? I've searched for him for ages <laughs> and I can't find him. Um, I've had a long uh, storied history with Richarlison. Uh, had him last year and kept the faith for way too long. And this year, I came out quite early in the season and I said, I believe that he can't keep up the output with his underlying stats. And I don't think he's the type of player that is clinical enough in front of goal to keep scoring points. And I got completely roasted for the beginning part of the season because he kept getting some points. And then I buckled, I brought him in, and of course he got sent off. So um, yeah, I've, I've had great history with Richarlison, so I generally keep away from him. And um, I don't like him as a player, even when he's on the left. I think he's he's one of those that I feel is very patchy, as in he can have game weeks where he's absolutely a great player to own. And then he can have game weeks where he's absolutely infuriating. And I think a lot of times we kind of get a certain feel for a player, and they become one of our favourite players in FPL to become one of our most hated and Richarlison has become one of my most hated so I, I can't see myself um, ever bringing him back into my side unless he just goes on some crazy run so for me my answer has to be no don't keep him 
Um, I mean, his next fixture is a fixture that if you have him, I wouldn't get him get rid of him on this kind of fixture, purely because if he then went and scored big, you'd hate yourself. So, yeah, if you've got him, don't get rid of him this game week, because I don't want to come on this podcast, tell everyone to get rid of him <laughs> this game week when he's playing Huddersfield away. So, yes, I would get rid of him, but not yet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, I've, I've had him for the last few game weeks. I had him when he was scoring highly. I've had him more recently when he's been blanking as well. That fixture against Huddersfield, I don't think it's a, it's a guarantee with the change in manager um, that they're going to go and you know uh, get something there. Having said that, um, yeah, I've got him, and I'm probably not going to ditch him for that one. Even the next one against Wolves at home, I'm quite tempted to keep as well but then he goes on a horrible run of playing a top team um every other week for a while so that's when i'll probably around the watford game uh, be looking to potentially ship him Iceman. yeah everton they're just not on the greatest run at the moment they've lost five of their last seven so it's they're just very up and down because they, they've had some good games as well in terms of they, they played against uh who was it they beat Burnley 5-1. Beat Bournemouth at home 2-0. It's just Richardson without attacking return for four consecutive games now. It's just he is playing, like, like we said, he is playing up top. Um, he did get four attempts in the game before last and coming very close for the two games running. I think you know, one was just knocked off the line. Although he didn't have a single shot against Saints and he created nothing before getting subbed on the 65th minute. So I feel like the next two games kind of must wins for Everton. Silver is going to be really under pressure at the moment because there's a bit of speculation about his job. Richardson, looking at his stats, 11 attempts over the last four, uh, but only two on target. But it's just because Everton have just not been creating much. He's only got the one big chance as well in the last four. So there's just not really many obvious replacements for me. If there was, then I'd probably would ship after, uh, next week. Maybe even looking at the likes of Mora, potentially look, looked at Marshall or, or Redmond. He seems to get further forward than, than Ings, actually. Even Gross was uh, someone who, who I looked at. They've got some good fixtures coming up, Brighton, but I'm not necessarily going to do it yet. So it's one to maybe look at. But yeah, they've got Huddersfield next. You've just got to keep him for this game. Yeah. Whether or not you, you feel like Huddersfield have got a new manager, whether or not they're going to change something, I just don't think so. I feel like yeah, yeah there's still a load of goals to be scored there and Richardson should get one or two. Okay, so um, yeah, I think we're all uh, thinking the same here. Keep the faith for Huddersfield. Okay, let's go on to the topic of Aubameyang and Lacazette. So, uh, Mayron N. Green has asked us, Orba versus Laka, nice and simples. Uh, an entry abroad on Slack has asked, do we keep Orba and hope his stats turn into goals, or perhaps downgrade to Lacazette or Firmino, who are both a lot cheaper and seem to be scoring more as an option? So, J&O, where, where do you stand on this? Well, I think the way I approach it is uh, quite similar to the way I approach any big player. And... It kind of paid off with Mohamed Salah, although potentially I could have got rid of him early in the season and just not had him for the first like half of it. But if a player has good underlying statistics, and I believe they're a quality player in their position, I generally try and keep faith. And with Aubameyang, I know he hasn't been getting the points that we want him to get, but I believe he is a quality player. And I also believe that the underlying stats suggest that eventually he will start scoring. And he's had periods where he has been one of the highest scoring strikers in the Premier League and one of the highest scoring in FPL in the Premier League. So for me, I'm keeping faith with Aubameyang. I personally don't like Lacazette's statistics against Aubameyang. Um, as far as in the last six game weeks, Aubameyang generally just beats Lacazette in every underlying statistic, including goals 4-2. to two. So... For me, right now, it's still a Bamiang. Now, if you need that cash and you think overall your team's going to score more points, if you have that money, which is two million to spend elsewhere, then potentially Lacazette could be the choice for you. But right now, I'd have to say it's Lacazette for me. Uh, a Bamiang. <laughs> <laughs> All that talk and then I mess it up. Right I, I, was, yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, I agree with you. I was thinking, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, right at the end, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> No, I, I do agree with you on that. It's, uh, Aubameyang seems to blank against the, uh, 
the top six teams. He has blanked in six of the seven matchups against the top six. So uh, we've, we've got some fairly easy fit. I know we've got Man City game week 25, but we've got Cardiff next. He's a captain option for me. Then it's Huddersfield, Southampton, Bournemouth. All games which you can see some goals in. And with Cardiff, Southampton and Bournemouth, we're all at home. And that's where he does really excel. He's been involved in 20 goals in the 18 Premier League home games for Arsenal. 15 goals and five assists. So he does get a load of points there. His season up to the Spurs game, he's actually had 10 big chances and he scored six of them. And it's just recently, he's had 13 since that Spurs game, but he's only scored one of those big chances. So he is being a bit wasteful recently, but you do expect him to score big. It is the poorer teams where he does score better in. And I, I feel like, you know, this next game, he's one of these options which can potentially get a few goals here. Yeah, I, I like the, the sentiment about big players because I think sometimes they will go quiet, but then obviously when they come back into form and they don't half fire big and this next fixture, he's absolutely uh, a captain option. Came very close against Chelsea and lucky not to score there. And it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when, in terms of the eye test, he doesn't always pass it or Bamiyan, but he's just so clinical um, and he can really punish teams. And if, if Arsenal go big against Cardiff, which they potentially could, he could be in for a sack load of points. Um, so I'd be tempted to keep the faith with him at the moment. Yeah, and it's only the start of the season he blanked three uh, games in a row. He hasn't done that since the start of no. the season. It's only been two. So He is statistically he's due. He's due, mate. He's due. So due. Okay, so Man United, we've got a question from Luke Jurdy here. So is Paul Pogba the greatest player in the Premier League ever? <laughs> that is a huge statement coming from a man that's had Paul Scholes and Eric Cantona in their side. Yeah, it's just not true. Jay, I know what's, what's your view on that. I mean, I, I don't think it's true either. <laughs> I think it's way too way too early to be giving him that title. But like I would still struggle to be put on the spot and name who I think is the greatest player. I don't know who it is. No, that's, I, that's, uh, that's a whole podcast. That's a whole itself. complete yeah, exactly. But I Can don't we... think Pogba's the greatest Premier League player ever. But is he someone that we should be putting in our FPL sides at the moment? Well, I think if you want to make sure you don't drop rank, then yes. Because right <laughs> now he's 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 a massive part of the template. And as soon as Solskjaer came in, I was worried that... I say worried because I knew a lot of people jumped on early and I'm never the type of player that goes jumping on a player without any like data because I don't want to get the call wrong. Uh, and sometimes maybe that's a detriment to the way I play the game. But I was worried Solskjaer would come in and there'd be no difference. So I waited to make that decision. And of course, there was a period recently where I didn't get Pogba's points. I didn't get Rashford's points when other people did. So, yeah, I think you definitely need him in your side right now. And depending on how the fixtures go, I don't see him necessarily leaving my side. Because yeah, they're just great value right now as well. Yeah, the value yeah. is they're, just... They're, they're the value is amazing. I spent any view on Pogba? Yeah, I was just going to mention that he's, he's top of the stats by a mile over the last four. He's on 21 shots over the last four. And the second midfielder is actually Richardson on 11. Salah just on nine and Hazard on eight. So he's smashing it for that. He's third for big chances behind Salah and Jota. Eight chances created in the last four. Only blanked once since Oli has taken charge. He just looks a new man, doesn't he? And as I mentioned on our Slack channel, I really did preach this. It is the start of the Pogba era. He's got the eight goals and eight assists so far this season. And he's just got such good fixtures in terms of next he's got Burnley, then it's Leicester and Fulham. And after that, he got a tough one in Liverpool. But after that, it's Crystal Palace and Southampton. So the next six or so, still pretty good. So yeah, bring him in. Yeah, to follow that, talking about their attacking options, we've got defensive ones. So um, FPL Booster has asked, is it time for David De Gea? I looked at the stats on him. And they may be a little bit skewed after the Spurs game, but in the last four, Man United are third highest for shots on target uh, conceded behind Wolves and uh, Watford on 20. So it's not looking great for their defence still. I've got Shaw, obviously he got ill the last game, which was really annoying, but they are fairly low for big chances conceded over the last four. But yeah, I'm still not quite confident in any of United's backline. There's still a goal that they can concede from anywhere at the moment. Not like it was last season. Yeah, Jano, how do you feel about De Gea? I kind of almost like it more because of that stat. 
because I think more shots. That, yeah, more shots, more shots for David de Gea to save. So yeah. if he gets his clean sheet and those save points, because I feel like just generally that whole camp now is a lot happier, a lot more driven, and I just feel like they're all performing better, a lot better than they did under Mourinho. So there's almost part of me that's looking at it going, this is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and they're still conceding those shots. And I always love a keeper that can get both the clean sheets and the save points. Usually I look for it in a cheaper uh, range for goalkeepers, but part of me does like David De Gea right now. Yeah, I think he's always one that's uh, going to come up with clean sheets and definitely save points. I mean, that United back four is getting better, but he's still the main man back there. So could be a good option on the wild card. A um, few other questions. M. Bison 22. How patient are you with players? How do you know when to sell a player or when to persevere? So, JNO, thoughts on that? Yeah, I kind of touched on it a little bit already, but um, for me, it all depends on one, the history of the player, the kind of quality of the player. So, I'm going to be a lot more patient with the players that I look at as my premium options. Whereas when it comes to players that are potentially more of a differential as well because of their price range, I'm probably a little bit less patient. So for instance, a player like Hazard, I know he's gone through a period right now where he's pretty infuriating to own, uh, not getting the points you really want from someone like that. But we just have to look at like Sterling. Sterling had a period where he wasn't getting the points people wanted and people have made that transfer to Hazard and now Sterling has just gone and got a double haul. We had Salah who a lot of people got rid of before that Bournemouth fixture and the only reason I kept him was because of that Bournemouth fixture. I literally went, I can't transfer him out before a Bournemouth game and I wish I'd captained him. For some reason I didn't. But I just feel like certain players, you have to give a bit more of a leash and allow them to get back to that form that you know they're completely capable of. Whereas I think if you're looking at punts and you're looking at the cheaper players that maybe don't have as much of a history, that's when you can chop and change a bit quicker. Uh, Of course, any transfer can hurt you. You could transfer someone out and then suddenly they hit a vein of form but I always give the bigger players more of a more time to prove that there was a reason I brought them into my side in a way I I kind of I'm the opposite of that almost where if I if a bigger player is not scoring well and they haven't got the underlying statistics behind them they just don't look like they're gonna be performing like they used to then I would remove them. That's when I'd be a little bit sharper to be like, right, well, they haven't done that in the last three game weeks and they've only got two shots on goal in the last three game weeks. They've got to go and I'm going to bring in an informed player. So I'm a little bit opposite to that, but I, I, I see your point and I almost agree with it as well. I know it's a bit, <laughs> know it's a bit kind of topsy-turvy, but if you look at the likes of Salah, he was out of form at one point and uh, he was just continuously getting the underlying stats. So I just had to keep him and eventually it's come good and he's getting loads and loads of points. So that one, I would be like, yep, yeah, definitely holding on because I'm, I'm preaching patience with it. I suppose it does, it, it all depends on, on form and how they are doing within the last three games game weeks and I feel like that goes for any player I don't think that goes uh, any differently for uh, price points the only thing is with lower price points that you probably want to change the higher price points because you can find a better player with that price before you change those lower price points that's the the only difference for me yeah, see, my argument would be that if you do that, you risk the fact of chasing the points and missing the points because you, you've you got a chance of picking the player that is currently in form and then it changes. They're not in form and the player you used to have is in form. And so that's why I generally think when I look at the cheaper players, apart from a couple that come up every season that are just like, okay, this player's done amazingly. He's still doing amazingly. You don't get off when you've got a player that's still getting you points. I just feel like because their quality is... And I hate to say it about a player, their quality is lower than the premium price players, the players we know can perform. Just like, okay, there's a better chance that this player isn't going to turn around and suddenly start performing out of nowhere when they've gone four or five games without doing it. Whereas, say Aguero, you have a cold period with Aguero, there's always a chance, and I don't own him right now, that Aguero will go next week and score a hat-trick because that's the kind of player he is. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that that's the way I've always looked at it with the premium players, definitely. I, I also would say, to add to that, I rely on the eye test quite a lot as well. Um, so although there's kind of a bandwagon towards removing Richarlison, I saw some of the, the Everton game against Bournemouth and he, he was getting chances. He did look a threat in the box. Those crosses are still coming in. So I can still potentially see something for him, which is why I'm, I'm staying on him. But 
generally, yeah, I'm more patient with premium players and less so with your kind of 7 million and belows. Okay, anything else to add on that, Iceman? Or? No, no, no. Happy with that? Good stuff. Okay, um, let's see where we're up to then. So, um, one or final comment rather than question, but uh, FPL, Red Eagle, looking forward as always. Great guest as well. So, that's a comment for you, J&O. Thank you very much, FPL, Red Eagle. I trust that they are on your YouTube channel and a regular subscriber on there. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> right, chaps, that's got us through the questions. It's that time once again, not as charismatically as Ian did last week, but it's the Iceman's piss. Thank you. Back in a schmoke. Well, uh, not as not as charismatic as like we said, Ian. But welcome back, <laughs> Iceman. Oh, thanks. Good piss, was it? Yeah, lovely. Yeah, great. Okay, right. Transfers and El Capitanos. Now, I ask you two chaps to think about this for the next two sets of game weeks. So, J and O, if you could tell us your transfer and your captain for the upcoming game week, and then consider the next. I mean, I'm probably going to be really boring this game week because my side looks decent. So I'm probably going to try and carry the transfer over. As far as captain, I'm really torn because there is part of me that knows that captaining Sala isn't going to improve my rank at all. But there's also part of me that goes, well, he is at home against Leicester, who have just had that previous defensive display. And it just seems like a stupid game week to not go Sala. Their their defence was decent before that game, though. Exactly, but didn't one of their players get injured, or potential injury, if I remember correctly? Someone got taken off and Johnny Evans came on? Yeah, true, yeah. Was it Maguire? I think it was Maguire, if memory serves me correctly, yeah. Yeah. So, I just feel like it's not the right fixture to not captain him, but Aubameyang Cardiff just looks like a potential, as does Man United Burnley, all home games, and I'm just like, I'm really struggling with the captain choice, because... I know there's going to be... I want certain points of this season for me to not captain Salah when I think there might be someone who outscores him. But I just don't know if this is the game week. As far as the game week after, that is completely going to be dependent on the uh, situation with the Carabao Cup and the uh, FA Cup. So I I can't really... This is the worst probably answer to this question ever because I'm really not giving any players. But... I'm probably going to wait. I know right now I'm leaning towards um, Liverpool players, so probably getting in that third Liverpool player. And then I'd like the look of Bournemouth and Leicester as far as the blanks, and then Watford and Newcastle seem to be one of those should have a game in the blank because I think one of them wins, one of them doesn't. I believe that's the situation. And then one doesn't have the blank. So I really don't know right now. But as far as captain for game week 25, again against West Ham, it's just, it's West Ham. So I feel again, Salah could be a safe choice. Arsenal have Man City. Um, so I'm not sure I'll captain anyone in the Arsenal Man City game or Man City Arsenal game. Uh, and then Man United have Leicester. So I mean, if Leicester's defensive performance against Liverpool is horrible, there's a potential I go for a Man United captain instead of Salah. But right now, Salah just feels the safest option for both game weeks. Nice. Okay, Iceman? Yeah, I've got the same problem in terms of captaincy in uh, Salah, Bamiang, Pogba or Rashford, really. I'm, I'm actually on Bamiang at the moment. I was on Pogba briefly and I have been on Salah, but at the moment it's on Bamiang just for the fact that I feel like he can't blank again and he's always going to get big chances and against this Cardiff team. We, we seem to be on a little bit of a high after the Chelsea game after 2-0 so maybe there'll be some goals here at the moment it's currently on Aubameyang I am doing the same I'm holding this game week and potentially next game week I will look at uh, other options I was hoping that Lucas Moore would become an option if he's going to be playing up front he's got a pretty good fixture in terms of he's going to be at home to Newcastle but if not, I might just downgrade to the likes of Frazier. He's providing good value. I know their fixtures yeah. aren't decent, but they do have Cardiff in Game Week 25 and then Wolves also at home in Game Week 27. 
And then after that, there's, they've got a pretty good run, so it might be a good time to bring him in when he's going to score big, because Bournemouth do tend to score well against the poorer team. So that would be my, my, uh, transfer maybe for that week. I looked at Redmond, but no, I just don't think he's good enough, but, uh, he, he does get, he is further forward than Ing, so that's, uh, It'll highlight if you want to take a punt on someone, 5.2. And then it's the uh, the Game Week 25 captain at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'll just go boring on that one, go Salah. Nice. Okay, so um, captain option-wise, uh, definitely for this Game Week, Mohamed Salah. I thought about being clever and trying to go Aubameyang against Cardiff, and it does make sense, but um, the risk of, of losing ground. And I, I'm just simply trying to get up into that. My, my goal is top 100k. So it would be would make sense for me to not go Salah this week. Um, the following week, Chelsea have Huddersfield at home, so uh, the armband's going to be on Higuain. <laughs> wow, <laughs> as a potential. Um, the the transfer wise, um, I'm in a similar position. So there's there's places I could upgrade this week. Very very tempted to go Felipe Anderson to Lucas Moura. Um, however. Uh, they've got reasonable fixtures and I don't know how much I'm going to gain from making that switch versus uh, rolling the transfer to the next week and do a bit of a shuffling to get Pogba into my side so probably just going to hold the transfer go with a safe bet of Salah I've given you nothing new sorry <laughs> yeah, like, like we said at the, the start of the pod like we've got to be wary of Spurs they've got three main players out so the, the more option is just a, a flicker at the moment not really anything concrete yeah, yeah. but also, also with Salah he has got very lucky recently that's the only thing those two tapping goals that's why I'm kind of edging towards the Aubameyang as well and he's had some Ruth Van Nistelrooy scored 30 30 goals a season uh, in that six-yard box. It's <laughs> he's not there by luck. That's yeah. that's uh, striking. Okay, um, before we leave you, let's go through the uh, the mini league, uh, which is usual. I'm going to get up now. So in our top ten, we have. I'm really sorry. I'm going to try and pronounce this. It's Herrera Bin Sahel with the HX HXI team. Uh, and ninth place, Espo's All Stars with Shane Barrett. Eighth place, Smelly Sane, Rory Scott. Joint sixth. Uh, Paul Jones with Nate Thomas uh, T-Club 64 Alan is in 5th trying to give up Fanta Michael Taylor uh, is in 4th still maintaining a good position The Sick Notes James Angove 3rd Lacazette Deck Andy Nolan 2nd and the minor strike Will Miners pulling away at the top there in 1st place well done Will over uh, rank of 21st also if you see if you scroll down on that page You'll see me at 44. Iceman, you're getting in the, uh, the minute. You could win a, a mug. Yeah, hopefully. A mug and a place mail. Yeah, Finally. I can give it to myself. <laughs> uh, one other comment I was going to make, not so much on the top, but a fantastic job for everyone in our top 10. Thank you for being part of that. Makes it really competitive, the league. Um, I was having a look at the top scorer in FPL this week, which uh, was a team called the Demolisher. Uh, 120 points. Really impressive. I then looked and saw they'd taken a 48-point hit. Yeah, it's just to get recognition, isn't it? Very impressive. And, and believe it or not, actually, they well, they triple Captain Salah and uh, they had Fernandinho on the pitch who scored zero. So, um, I wonder if they've uh, tried to play their wild card or something like that and not hit the button. Either way, good job. So, uh, Iceman, uh, feedback box before we get on to some sexy thoughts from the main man, Brett. So, uh, feedback this week, FPL, SOS, first listen, highly recommended, in-depth knowledge, insight into FPL and EPL. If you're looking for news and discussions on all aspects of FPL, subscribe to this. Thank you very much for the feedback. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, SOS. Iceman, shall we hear some sexy thoughts? Yeah, let's hear some sexy thoughts. Right, bear with me. FPL sexy with sexy thoughts. This week, isn't so much a sexy thoughts, it's more of a somber thoughts with uh, the news from Emiliano Salah, his disappearance. Hopefully they find him okay. Hopefully they find everyone alive and safe. But this is just a reminder. When you leave for work, when you say goodbye to your kids, or you kiss the missus goodbye, even if you kiss the dogs goodbye, just remember it could be the last time you see them and really embrace and share that love or show your love to people around you. Try to enjoy every moment as it could be your last. You never know when someone could disappear from your life or when you could disappear from your own life. So really embrace each other. Make sure you know that your loved ones, make sure they know that you really love them. Yeah, great thoughts from Sexy there. Just condolences to Salah and anyone involved, friends and family. I do hope he is found 
Uh, this is obviously going out on the Tuesday night, the 22nd, so we don't know of any news as yet. And yeah, like he says, embrace your family. Just think if you have a pointless argument with, with one of them, just know that they are cherished to yourselves and uh, you never know what might happen around the corner. Yeah, lovely words from Brett. Thank you once again and uh, echo the Iceman sentiments there. I hope Salah is found promptly. Really do. Okay, so that brings us to the end of another FPL surgery. Uh, let me just give you the usual details on how you can uh, find out more about us, stay involved with all things surgery podcast. Yeah, so um, first of all, you can follow us on patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. If you'd like to support the podcast, get involved in our other little competitions in our Slack channel. Join the mini league 225-369. Visit our website, fplsurgery.com. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud and Reddit. And you can tweet us all your questions at FPL surgery and email us info at fplsurgery.com. I want to thank JNO for joining us once again. Just that, uh, JNO, do you want to uh, plug everything that you're doing? He doesn't need to. He's got loads of subscribers now. <laughs> no, I need more. I need more. So, um, of course, I am known as JNO, but my channel is FPL Today. So, if you're looking for me on YouTube, just type in FPL Today into the YouTube search bar and you should find me. And I've also got a new project with the FPL Wildcats. So, if you type that into YouTube, FPL Wildcats. And you should find me with a bunch of other YouTubers and we do our own discussions on YouTube as well as some just random talk as well about random topics. So if that interests you, go and check that out. And uh, thank you for having me on this podcast again. It's been a year, so it's been way too long. It has been, actually. Yeah, it's been fantastic having you on once again. And uh, I'm sure there'll be many more occasions. And when we eventually do another quiz pod, you'll be the first man. Oh, I want to be here for that quiz. Yes, I need someone to to mock it continuously. No, I'm going to start doing (laughs) homework. I'm just... (laughs) As long as it's all on this season, I'm going to start revising now. There is going to be fire. Nice <laughs> man. Thank you for your pearls of uh, wisdom, FPL-wise, once again. Any, any other advice for life? Uh, there's not really any for me. No advice for life. Well, uh, with all of that said, thank you once again for listening from us at the FPL Surgery. Good luck in your game weeks. Oh, good Good pod. Good pod. Good, good pod, pod, pod. Nice pod. Yeah, money. See, for me, gone. Gone. Our next headline, chaps. Um, our website is uh, fantasyfootballsurgery.com. No, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Do you want me to post it to you? <laughs> no, i tell you what, I've got it on a post it on my desk, and the old one has flicked up. I'm reading that instead. <laughs> Oh, great PR. Yeah. Great PR. Hold on. I can post it in the chat. Yeah. Just the quicker the better. There's less <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually just rewriting it myself. So <laughs> now I've got it. Here we go. Right. Tell me when. Go. Okay.